0: Hello, my fanister friends, and welcome to another Rahulastapa this time for the first time since May 2021, and not because of any lockdown, just because we need to have some more shows. We have gone remote. We have talked to somebody on the other side of the Atlantic, on the far side of America in Los Angeles. It is the writer, the comedian, the Oscar nominee the pot noodle goblin little goblin peter Bainham. um i am delighted to have him uh, on back on the show and this was a lovely chat a secret one no one knew about it um and uh, some great stuff about the the part the place of chance encounters and good and bad decisions in making your career but uh Also just a testament to this man who's been at the centre of nearly every great uh, comedy character and project of the last 20 to 30 years. Uh, He will be recognised for the genius he is, but hopefully only once he's dead so he doesn't get a big head. Uh, I hope he doesn't die very soon. He's lovely. Uh, and, uh, look, we're doing some more live Rahalistapas very soon, but there will be another remote one coming up next week. I don't know who's going to be on that one yet because I haven't booked them. Um, but, um, we're doing some live ones at the Phoenix, uh, pub just on near Oxford Circus on Cavendish Square. It's a small intimate venue. We did some before Christmas, uh, with a very small audience, but it was lovely. Uh, we'd love to see you down there as well. Um, 17th of January, I will be talking to Laura Jean Marsh, who is the director of Giddy Stratospheres, the film that I recorded, uh, that I was in in uh, 2020, that came out last year. Uh, very interesting woman, with, uh, and you'll hear her story of um, how she got that film together. And also Bilal Zaffer, Zaffer Cakes, from Twitch and from uh, Very Funny Sketch. Uh, about serial killers, which stars me as well. They're two of my collaborators. 24th of January, we will be talking to Ahir Shah and Mark Watson, who has a great book, audio book out on uh, Audible at the moment, if you're interested in that. Come along and see that, richardherring.com gigs. Also at the Bristol Slapstick Festival, the Leicester Comedy Festival and the Leicester Square Theatre from the end of February. Book your tickets now, my fan friends, richardherring.com gigs. Let's sit back, relax and enjoy. Rahalastapa her with the wonderful, the beautiful, the Welsh, the ex-Merchant Navy man, Peter Bainham. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man. It's 2022 and he's remote podcasting by choices. Richard Herring. Hello, my finest friends. This is very weird. Welcome to remote Richard Herring's Lada Seditious Traitor podcast. We're recording this on January the 6th, 2022, um, as a little tribute to Donald Trump and his fans. I'm naming it after him. So I was talking to the insurrection of January the 6th, 2021, the other day, and Jake Angeli, the QAnon shaman, as he's sometimes known, he calls it R. Halastapa. So I call QAnon Quanon. So, you know, we're, we're equal. We're on that yes uh it's it's the first remote one we've done for what feels like years uh we have an international guest uh but we have a we have a little back we have a little gap where we haven't got any live ones to put out so i'm gonna you know i think we might try and do a few more of these with international guests it's very exciting um and uh we are doing some more live ones very soon. Look at richhane.com slash gigs, and you can find out about that. We've got, we're going to be at the Phoenix uh, in Oxford Circus uh, and for two weeks, and um, we're going to be at the Leicester Comedy Festival. We're going to be at the Bristol Slapstick Festival. And then we're back at the Leicester Square Theatre, and um, we're live-streaming those, so you can watch them anywhere in the world. Uh, the Kickstarter is still going. It's hit its target. uk slash Kickstarter if you want to get a season pass or any of the extras, uh, but you don't have to, uh, but you won't be able to get the season pass. After that Kickstarter is over, you'll have to pay for in, individual episodes if you want to live stream it. Up to you. Anyway, I'm uh, looking at the uh, the news. Maybe we'll look at the news because this one's going out almost immediately. Uh, and uh, uh, I was the story about the little baby from Nirvana, uh, Spencer Eldon is called. He's, uh, he had made a failed attempt to sue Nirvana for sexual exploitation because you'll see there his baby Winky is there, clearly displayed on the cover of uh, Nevermind there. And uh, I expect a lot of people masturbated over that image. Uh, the rest of him's there as well. It's not just his winky. Then it would be sexual exploitation. Uh, the most surprising bit of the story that I saw, though, was that he has used the, the, uh, the people arguing against his argument. He, he failed to sue Nirvana because it's ridiculous. Uh, and the opposing lawyers said he has used his connection to try to pick up women. Uh, which I, the word try is doing a lot of work there. And it's noteworthy he has never used the connection to successfully pick up a woman because who would be into that? Do you want to have sex with the baby from Nevermind? No, mate, I don't really fancy that at all. No, no, wait. No, now he's grown up, I mean, but you've put the thought of him by which I assume you mean you, being a baby. And I wouldn't be able to shake that now because of your approach to this. I'll be thinking I'm having sex with the Nevermind baby while it's happening. And I'm sorry, that's not something I'm into. Good luck in your quest to find a woman who is turned on by baby dicks. No, all I'm saying is I'm famous. I'm the baby from the cover. So you claim, but anyone could say that. But also, even if it is you, you're only famous for being a baby. So I'm going to try and help you out of here. Don't ever use this as a chat up line again. I thought women like babies. That's a bit of a generalisation. And even if it's true, I would say practically none of them like to have sex with babies or to have a conversation with someone who who makes them think about that. I'd say it was one of our main turnoffs. You don't know what you're missing. I'm missing out on having sex with a man whose main achievement was being unknowingly dunked in some water and who decades later has nothing else he can try and impress strangers with. Hold on! I tried to sue Nirvana for sexual exploitation. Who would try and exploit a baby in a way to, to get people to like them? Oh wait, I hear it now. My bad. Um, <laughs> just remember this: all the people you'll ever have sex with were once babies. So you're not so perfect yourself. In fact, I'm going to sue you for sexual exploitation. Anyway, there you go. There's my. Apparently, I wrote all that, and then I and then someone tweeted me and said, apparently his actual chat up line was, "Would you like to see my penis again?" Which is possibly much worse than what I just imagined. <laughs> uh, the other great news which I will just quickly look at uh, from this week, uh, is the 90-day fiancé star. I don't know what that is because I'm an old man. Uh, made £38,000 a week selling farts in a jar, was been hospitalised because uh, she thought she was having a stroke. Um, I've got the story here. I'll bring my other computer across. It's hot off the presses. Um, she's got 260,000 followers and she charges thousand dollars for a fart in a jar now you know i've just mentioned my kickstarter and this is giving me ideas if it's if someone will pay a thousand i mean her her farts are probably quite nice smelling mine smell awful i've just did one when just before my guest came on and really smelt so i could get that in a jar for you uh she was hospitalized after she she'd been eating like stuff to try and make her fart and then she got anxious and then she had to go to hospital having a that she thought she was having a stroke. She thought she was going to die. Uh, I was advised to change my diet <laughs> and to take a gas suppressant medication, which effectively ended my business. So now what she's doing, uh, instead of selling her own farts, she's purchasing. She's selling digital artworks on a blockchain of her farts, which I hope will still sell for $1,000. Absolutely incredible. Um, but, you know, who am I to talk after all the Kickstarter things I've put you through? Uh, and that might be next. Um Hope you're having a good 2002. I didn't stay up uh, for the new year. I went to bed at nine o'clock because we were really tired, uh, but I was woken at about one o'clock in the morning. My start to the year 2002 was my son having a prodigious nosebleed. He said he, was, he needed to blow his nose, so I gave him some tissue in the dark. He blew his nose. He handed it back, and it was black, and I couldn't understand what was going on. And then I turned on the lights, and there was blood everywhere. So I don't know if that's symbolic of what's coming for 2022, everyone. Let's hope not. I hope not. Uh, although... We were having Christmas dinner a couple of days after Christmas dinner and everyone was joking around. The adults and the kids were all together. And Ernie was doing lots of poo jokes and laughing, joining in the conversation. And uh, I said, come on, Ernie, that's enough. That's enough with the poo jokes. Uh, and then he kind of, like a real comedian would, suddenly he went, he crumpled and he said, I don't know any adult jokes, so I have to do poo jokes. And he said it so sadly. And it was like, it was just the heart of a comedian. That's exa- I mean, you know, it's, I could have said that quite easily. <laughs> myself um but uh, there we go it's uh it was it was a beautiful moment, and I felt bad so oh, sorry, I put the wrong thing on, uh still getting used to this uh that's what I want uh it was a beautiful moment, and um yeah, very telling. he's going to be a comedian uh, and he's just going to be one like his dad, unfortunately, for him. uh look, let's crack on my guest this week uh he's been on before, he's probably best known as the traffic warden in Grimsby. That's what we've all seen him doing. That's why we're here today to watch this. Will you please welcome, he's too gorgeous, it's Peter Bainham. Here he is. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I've actually tried to pick up women by saying I'm the traffic warden in Grimsby. (laughs) And how's that? that And and then I said I told them I was exploited by being, when I was much younger, (laughs) being used as the traffic warden in Grimsby. Well, yes. uh,
0: Rob uh, Bryden was the traffic warden in uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smok- Smoking Barrels. And that was sort of the part that projected mm. into fame. So I wondered if being a traffic warden in Grimsby had had the same. The same or the mm. Brothers Grimm, it was called. Was it called the Brothers Grimm in the UK? It was it's called, called the called Brothers Brother Grims- Grimsby. Grimsby? Um, I think in the US. Right.
1: Which I never really understood and then Grimsby in
0: the UK. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cuz well so they that don't know it. what Grimsby is, do they? So that's but then Grimsby's mm. still in the title the other way so Yeah. you know. Yeah. Um it's, any yes, funny stories from your time on the set at uh, in Grimsby?
1: Um no. <laughs> um no, I'm not very good with funny stories. Um I'm just no, trying to think I didn't think no. there would be. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't no. a
0: very it, out of all the Sasha Baron Cohen films, mm. that was arguably the least successful one. Um Have you been Yeah, li- it was inarguably. <laughs> <laughs> it was think, there's, there's very hard evidence for that, Rich.
1: This <laughs> this more
0: it's very clear. Um, no I remember Do you feel getting, it was the do you feel it was because of you that that, that that that's what jinxed it?
1: I think yeah, yeah. I think if they'd taken out the, the well, my writing, but obviously also the traffic warden scene is what like <laughs> it um destroyed it. I do remember getting a phone call on the morning. Not that box office is the only measure. Of of a movie's quality or success, but although it's a very useful one, and I remember getting a call on the Saturday morning to be told how it had done, and telling my wife Sarah, and she just laughed, (laughs) (laughs) just just the only appropriate response, and how unbelievably, yeah, it it, it badly it had done. So yeah, you know,
0: it's like it's a strange business, isn't it? It's because it's the same same team, exactly the same writers and the same star. Yeah. And I know. Just sometimes yes. something flies and, and sometimes yet, it doesn't.
1: And yet you have, a, you know, um, I was approached um, at my uncle, my wife's Uncle Don's memorial service in Wisconsin in the summer um, by a woman who said, will you please speak to my son, uh, who's a giant fan of the Brothers Grimsby and took me over <laughs> to this big shaking 15 year old boy <laughs> <laughs> who was a giant giant fan of it i think it has got a fan base in 15 year old boys you know which is obviously okay. where it was aimed. <laughs> <laughs> I, um,
0: I i i to be honest i i have i didn't watch that one for research on and it's one of mm-hmm. the ones i haven't seen i've have seen mm-hmm. it in pretty much everything else we've done it's got so some funny scenes know. in it
1: but uh yeah yeah it didn't yeah yeah whatever it wasn't art, no. yeah
0: I'm not yes. here just to pick up all the things that have gone badly for you, Pete. That's well, not just because I know you've got a very successful career and I'm not just going to concentrate Oh, I thought on all I expected the... you were. That's what you did the last yeah, time no, I came <laughs> on. So I Yeah, I do, I've used most of them up. So, you know, I'm going to have to talk about <laughs> I was hoping okay. you'd have done something else bad since we were mm. last on. But I think everything you've done mm. since you were last on has been good, unless I'm oh, mistaken, okay. unless I've missed something. I think everything is no. actually all right. So, you mm. know, we'll, we'll have to work work out on that what mm. um yeah well I suppose we you, I was going to ask you about the chat up lines which I suppose so, you know you've almost mm. covered but if you, if you if you had a worst worst chat up line then would you like to see my penis again if you're aware have you Have you ever did we Did you ever try was never a chat up line kind of person I don't suppose you were I, either, I no
1: no I was I remember no I was terrible I couldn't chat anyone up actually yeah. one time um I did have this experience, this horrific experience in LA before I met my wife where I went out on a date with a woman I had a giant crush on and um, I ended up in her house really, oh yeah, we ended up in a a gay line dancing bar and that (laughs) wasn't good and I hired, I rented a, um, I think I was trying to go through a terrible, terrible, shameful phase of trying to seem like an interesting British man in America. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I and that my method. Well, I I rented a um uh a convertible mini. I went on this date with her and ended up back at her house and and got very very drunk. And um, at one point, said to her, I, "I that's right. I got bad gas from drinking too much Pacifico beer." Um, and so I went into her toilet because I couldn't stop burping. <laughs> and, and i went in the toilet and i was in there for about 20 minutes and every time i burped this is so pathetic i flushed the toilet to cover the sound of the burp i was very wow. drunk um and i kept flushing the toilet and obviously then she just thought i was having a massive poo and so it went it backfired and then i came out and i sat down next to her and i remember saying to her do you think we should kiss now and she just went <laughs> No, and then I be- remember being ridiculed by people after that. Like that's the worst. It's not. A, uh, it's not a, It's just ineffective because it shows lack of confidence. <laughs> do you
0: think we should kiss? It, I uh, don't it, know. It, it's quite. Yeah, it it quite charming.
1: It's, tra- it's charming, but if you don't, if if you're not sitting opposite a woman who thinks you've got uh, diarrhea, yeah. You know, so um, that's yeah. true. So that well, things yeah. like
0: that can sometimes work, and sometimes they can ruin it. Sometimes some people like the kind of obvious spoken, and some people think it ruins it if you. You know, yes. I've been in the situations where I've ruined it by going, something's going on here, isn't it? They go, oh, you've ruined it. Yeah. now. And then that's, um, so like sometimes you've got to play it cool and sometimes you haven't. I guess the problem, that's kind of, very, I'm just watching Seinfeld from the beginning again because mm. it's all on Netflix. And that's very much like the kind of thing that would happen in Seinfeld. And when you're watching Seinfeld, you think, why doesn't Seinfeld just say to the woman, <laughs> I've got, I'm really burp, I've got some bad burps and that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing in here. I'm not, sh- I'm not doing horrible shit mm-hmm. as it <laughs> seems. But there you go that's why you don't because you're sort of you're sort of worried about it but i, I suppose mm. chat up the problem with chat up lines is that they are I, I you know i think looking back in my late 30s and 40s i would date quite a bit before i met my wife and i got i got mm. fairly good at dating and and the the skill of it is to it's an improvisational skill isn't it to yeah. to chat someone up so if you go in with something that's clearly a line that you have, at least that one he's written himself. Mm. The baby, the Nirvana baby man. <laughs> but uh, but they're usually something like, oh, you. They're usually like something. Get your coat. You've pulled off. I can't even think of a oh, good those one.
1: Smooth lines. I can't believe it. Yeah. Although I think that the blokes, I used, to, I used to think the blokes who did those things, they did it by attrition, didn't they? They were just. I mean, obviously, some of those guys would now be exposed as having. Very sinister and horrible, but the whole <laughs> yeah. thing of like I'm, I remember knowing somebody once it just like they would just happily go up to twenty five women in a bar and try and talk yeah. to them until one of them spoke to them, and it was that and I was always so terrified from the very beginning to ever speak to a woman, so therefore yeah, um but I was thinking of that Nirvana man like did he not when he was trading on his <laughs> babiness, did yeah. he did he ever say anything like i mean i don 't look like that now, my penis is.
0: <laughs> well, well, that's dude, what you're just, you. You just like this, That's weird. me. I mean, I'm. My penis is bigger now, of course. <laughs> <laughs> or did it's it just that off- <laughs> I don't think you did. I think he just thought it was cute. Uh, you know, yeah. like yeah. If, if people like... knew, if people knew who you, because presumably you've then got to go. Yeah. By the way, I'm the uh, baby mm. from the Nirvana. <laughs> So well in my it doesn't even work unless you go no. hi i'm the... you'd have to go hi i'm the yeah the... no i'm that baby oh, that's me would you like yeah. to see my penis again and that's mm. too long but yes for the joke to work you have to explain who you are because he's not a yeah. known figure mm. so yes. yeah he, I, well it didn't i mean you know, the the actual newspaper article says he tried the, the lawyer said he mm. tried to pick up women using that which suggests he mm. never successfully picked up a woman doing that or it would be he can successfully persuade it. I mean, time. I never, I can promise you, I never used my pot noodle
1: <laughs> catchphrase to try and pick up a woman, but I did get forced, to, I did get forced to, to say it in Cardiff. as many times during, where books- During sex. During sex, yeah. Men, <laughs> like, but I, no, I got offered, I got, I got approached during that period of my life in yeah. Cardiff by big drunk men with a pint in each hand, <laughs> those kind of blokes, so Cardiff yeah. by night guys who would just say hey, it's him. and then they'd say, um, say, "I might have said this on your previous book, but like, say, <laughs> please say it again." Please. But they would say, "Good, do you catchphrase then?" And I go, uh, "I'd, I'd, ra- I'd really rather not." <laughs> say it. And I go, "Um." Uh, Pot noodles—they're too gorgeous. In the voice, and then I go, and I'd have to go. They're too gorgeous, and they go, "Have a drink." And then they'd make me, and then I go, "Thank you very much." And they go, "Have a drink." And I go, "You will have a drink." And it was like this, but um, yeah, God. But you
0: could have used as a chat at line if you—you know—you could have gone, "Hi, it's me." You know, you're even more gorgeous than a pot noodle. And God,
1: I want to get in a time machine, Rich,
0: back to Cardiff. In 1998, or whatever it was, you might have had to go. It's have you? You might have had to go. Excuse me. Have you seen the pot noodle adverts with the little the little guy? That yeah. is actually me. And right. I just want to say you're even more gorgeous than the pot noodle. Yes. I'd like to slurp you you up with yeah. a with a fork. Yeah,
1: and then that would now come back to haunt <laughs> me, wouldn't it? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I was once in a nightclub with our mutual friend Jez Simmons. Yes. Uh, around that time, and there was a man. And I got that, I got that, you know, that, you know, that weird time when you got recognised and it's not, you're not massively famous, but you're getting recognised a bit. And, and I got recognised more for that, just because it was on the telly all the time. And some yeah. man kept looking across at me in a, in a nightclub. And I then eventually his mate came over to me and said, um, excuse me. And I went, and I was ready to go. Yeah. And he said, my mate says you're looking at him. <laughs> 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 and I thought, oh, my God, I was actually subconsciously looking for somebody to recognize it. Tragic. Oh. And then I had to explain. No, is. I didn't ex- Yeah.
0: Anyway. <laughs> yes. I never oh, used well. my pot noodle fame. To, to seduce women or to... Well, you got free some free drinks out of it, from, but not... Yeah. That was. Yeah. They were sort of forced on you, the drinks. They were. Yeah. 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 They were. So. Yeah. Yeah. So no, there will be no sewing we Well, talking of Jez Simmons, let's talk about this oh. first of all, because oh. Jez, who I just know as your mate from the pub in Ballam, though, is mm-hmm. a successful comedy writer. And writes for lots of uh, yeah, Buzzcocks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He, uh, you and he are doing a podcast together, which is right. uh, excellent. So how Thank is you. this? It, it's called Brain Cigar. I do recommend mm-hmm. it if you haven't heard it yet. Are you only able to do that when you're in the same country, or are you doing that when you're apart as well? Because it sounds no, like you're in the same country.
1: apart. I mean,
0: the last no,
1: the the C. We did a Christmas special, but then in the actual um, series, we we recorded a load of stuff in London, and then shamefully forgot to make make the show, and then we kind <laughs> of like edited it and then did that remotely. But then we ended up having to record little bits and conversations and links that we hadn't got at the time. But then in my towel cupboard, I had to kind of sit in my towel cupboard with a a blank. If you have to do that kind of stuff where you have to put a a quilt over my head.
0: I've tried it, but to be honest, uh, the the equipment we've got and the space I've got, it kind of works okay. So I did do a couple of reads for this podcast in that way Mm. when I used used to go go (laughs) in the cupboard back there. But it seems to work fine with the setup. Mm. So I, I haven't haven't got yeah. to the stage of putting a duvet over yeah. my head a bit more really. advanced yeah yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then you when know, we did a christmas special back in there when i was back over in uh november we recorded yeah. a bunch of stuff there we went back into a studio and uh and um yeah which got like <laughs> it's i said great thing but i mean like with those that the, the great liberating thing is it literally is something that it's just really odd, and it's for anyone who thinks it's funny. That's what I love about podcasts. That, like, I mean, you've got a massive, you know, like, massive successful podcast with a huge listenership. And so you have a duty of but care. I, you have a duty of I've care also, to your
0: listeners. I've also yeah. got a couple of really, of even more hmm. kind of difficult and obscure ones than, but I mean, right. I think Brain Cigar is right. very much, it's sort of like okay. a, it feels like a mixture of a Radio 4 and a Radio 1. Sketch yeah. show but mm. allowed to be a bit ruder and you know, a which bit which weird when I say like knock people can't about it. yes, it's, weird. it's mean, weird.
1: What I mean is, I'm hugely proud of it, but I also yeah. like the fact that because it's a podcast without people of anyone above us going like, yeah, yeah, um, guys, that was a bit weird this week, and <laughs> we lost <laughs> four why, people. That's, you
0: know? <laughs> that's why it's a, a successful thing, but also it's one of those things you people might, but this is true of and I've said this many times, it's true of nearly everything I like in comedy. The mm. first episode you listen to, you go, okay, I don't know what's going on, and you know, <laughs> yes, this yes, is, yeah. I mean, I, I know you, so that was less the case with this. So I did sort of mm-hmm. know what's going on, but you listen to two or three, and then you're really in the world, yeah. and then you really, you've really got it, and it's, you know, it's sort of that Thank slightly you. surreal thing. My favorite, I'll give you, I haven't listened to all of them yet, uh, mm-hmm. I very much liked. uh, you're trying to get Bono to babysit for you oh, yeah. when your regular babysitter has f- fallen through. <laughs> and my favourite bit, I mean, it's Julia Davis, which I didn't realise. Julia Davis doing all the female parts in it. Is that is that uh, mostly? Yeah, that? yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, yeah, um,
0: um, yeah. She might not have done this one then, but the the uh, f- the review of the funeral.
1: Oh yeah, uh, in that was Wales, her, yeah.
0: Yeah, yes. oh, that was, so that one really just floored <laughs> me. That was, that was, when, and it's the nice thing is you sort of walk. I mean, I suppose this is again true of all podcasts and mm. hopefully true of my podcasts as well. But you're doing something like walking the dog or how, how, <laughs> going on a run or something, and mm. then you just get to something that kind of sort of, Slightly cripples you. You couldn't. You're unable to move because you're laughing, laughing too much. But that was That's those. Nice. Are the, those Thank were you. two. Those were two of the bits that. Uh, but it's very. It's it's well. So your relationship with Jez goes back to like 30, before even the. Did you know before you you met him on a a, uh, improv yeah, course. Is yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. An improv class. I mean, my god, like he's he's
1: got an incredible almost dysfunctionally good memory where he's like traumatized. You know, there's people who remember everything and they're (laughs) tortured. And so he remembers specific dates. He could remember things like, if you say, what was number three in the charts in, you know, uh, 1994, whatever, he'll know that. But he also remembers, so I think it's about 91, 92, whatever like that. We met in an improv class. But yeah, ever since, we've been in an unashamedly indulgent friendship where we just like that thing where you just think <laughs> you met two pubs it's two blokes like us down a pub you'd find us and you probably have in the first one, it's quite quite annoying because it's just this very very weird world we inhabit where we just find i don't know the thing is and with jess it's also like he makes me laugh so much but also his reactions you know his face like his reactions if i say something really unfunny or stupid he's kind of like bordering on fury and upset at like what I've just said or what you know he once um upset a comedian when we were I was performing at the and Banana the bed at the Bedford and yeah. um and he had this kind of look on his face and we were in the front he was in the front row oh my god I'm trying to remember who it was but anyway the comedian had to stop his act <laughs> kind of like a cheering act and say excuse me mate was he felt like he was being heckled by Jez's confused face i don't think he's confused sometimes he just wasn't he was confused like, but the guy was, you, mean, you must have that as a stand-up where like you're not the person's not heckling you but you're really upset by the look on somebody's face does that oh, happen definitely to you?
0: yeah yeah because you're <laughs> like as a comedian you all and i think less so you know i don't do so many like gigs where the audience don't know who i am now but i still occasionally still yeah um you know, like because I'm doing my own gigs rather than everyone knows who yeah. I am. I don't do the, I don't do those gigs where I, it's not my audience so much. But uh, yeah, but definitely, you would always yeah. when I was back doing stand up, especially in the early mm. 2000s. You would just always see the one person who wasn't enjoying. It. You know, you would yeah. focus on that person, and they would be looking, and especially they're looking miserable, or exactly mm-hmm. they're looking confused or upset, or just because. <laughs> yes. And there's every chance they're just pissed off because they've had an argument with their partner, or because yeah, you know, yeah if they're you that, day, if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, if you you're in that position, it must have been t- oh, you know, and they're not massively enjoying the act. Mm-hmm. And you learn to leave it. There was a point where I didn't like again when I came back in 2004. There was, but there was one where. I, a woman was really enjoying it and then i think i started talking Some, i started doing some jokes about babies and this woman suddenly mm. wasn't laughing anymore right. And that was very noticeable well, but she then was I, offended. I no i think something bad had happened to her you oh, know, but God. I, we didn't get to the bottom you know so but then i couldn't leave it and you know i, was, I think i was trying to I was sort of trying to get to the bottom of it and I was trying to go, well, you know, you can't laugh so much everything else and then it's not, you know, it's just a stupid thing to do. I'm getting in bottom with this
1: baby thing. But <laughs> tell me,
0: what's going on in your what
1: is going on in your life? <laughs> you you're...
0: It's like you're oh. so sort of self-obsessed in that moment that you're not even thinking mm. that, you know, I don't think I thought through it through to what yes. it obviously was something horrible. But I don't know if it definitely was, but she she didn't want to talk about it. But, but then it, you know, it spiraled out as a result. So I do lots of things there where I would try and you know do the thing you shouldn't do and try to pick out pick out people like that. But it's mm-hmm. not. It, but I think again, as the as I've got older and especially once I've had kids, the idea of trying to even bore you know I used to do stuff where I tried to bore the audience,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: kind of feel like. You know, I don't feel like if it's your one night out that this month Yeah, uh, yeah, You yeah. know, and it's it, no, it, there's mortality now.
1: There's it's just like like, I won't trying to watch irritate a film. You. I won't watch a film. When movies are so bad is good. I think life's too short now. I <laughs> yeah. watch I read loads of reviews. I don't want to waste precious two hours. But Jez is the last person now that I just I have to sometimes stop myself texting him when it's like eight o'clock here, so it's four in the morning, with some terrible some terrible Shitty pun. Just cause I can imagine I make myself I laugh imagining him at four in the morning. I don't like looking at looking at his phone and just going like what? You know. So on our podcast, like we did a thing at the Christmas special, which was a <clears throat> it was like a long story I told him about um about how and it was made completely made up because our basic thing for brain cigar is like to try and tell stories that like try really hard to make them seem like they're true but they're not And they book so we did a thing about Bowie dinners in one of the episodes where like David Bowie had brought out a range of frozen meals in the 90s you know during a fallow period in his career he just signed himself up to these like Finder's type lean cuisine meals but with the with and um but to try and do it really really naturalistically and so our version of that in the Christmas special was like a was where I told a story of a, a man who'd lived two doors away from my gran when I was a kid, who was never around. And you just assumed he died in the war because his wife was quite old. And then we found out that he was actually a department store Santa. But that weirdly, the, the, the local department store Howells, which was really fancy, and I had a real obsession with quality. Once he'd become a department store Santa, they'd made him leave his family and his daughter and go and live in like a little bedsit in Cardiff, but on the inside was decked out like Santa's <laughs> cottage and lived with an orphaned child dressed as an elf. But he had to live there with the windows blacked out permanently and was never allowed to leave. And obviously he, went, he and the, 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 the child elves went insane and they were brought out every Christmas for three weeks to, to be in the grotto at Howell's department store but they had to live in their own filth like with a bucket behind the grotto and they were not allowed any, and they were, and then the the mother of this, his daughter, the mother used to bring the daughter (laughs) to see, the only chance she would ever have to see him was to bring her to see him in the department store and then, but she was not allowed to speak to him because like that would ruin the magic for the other children. But anyway, (laughs) we did this thing and it was like an hour long and Jess said, that was just not funny. That was really just sad. <laughs> that was really, uh, I want to cry. And I thought, it's it's in. You know? <laughs> and so we pretty much had it. So like... Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so I thought, you know, it's... Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting yeah. because, you know, it is... And, Jez and you probably wouldn't get a radio show or a TV. I mean, you might no. now if you if you went. I want to do. A, <laughs> I want to do a radio four show. They'd probably go. oh, Yeah, we'll mm. give you one. So you might get a sketch show, but you would you wouldn't be you wouldn't have the carte blanche to do anything you wanted. And it, and and also, you're both mm. really great, and it. it's it's sort of interesting that you. you know. But, you know, that's it because, I mean, Jez isn't really seen as a performer as all at all, I would have mm. thought. And, you know, you've done lots of performing but have become more of a writer. No, and he's really so funny in it. But it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, he is. it's, it's, it's yeah. great. It's really good. Thank you. I highly recommend it. Very good. Well, and, you know, gonna do, are you going to carry on doing more because it's sort of a – Yeah. You did sort of six or so and then – Yeah, years. we're
1: going to do more. It's a labour of love. I mean, yeah. partly it's also because I write animated movies and animated movies are like the mathematical opposite where you write a joke and you really laugh at it. And then five years later, you're trying to explain to somebody why it's funny and you can't remember like it's the it's like the most and um, counterintuitive opposite of immediacy. And so yeah. it's lovely to do something where you just decide and you make it funny, yeah, so yeah, we well, that, do yeah more. that's yeah,
0: that's what I like about that's what I've always liked about podcasts is just that the, the a that you can just have an idea and do it in yeah. the second, really you can do it live, or you yeah. can you know you can you can have a de- an idea that day and have it up by the evening time It's yeah. just when when you've gone through that whole commissioning process on the radio or t v and know how long it takes yeah. to suddenly be able to just get stuff done <laughs> um well, we'll talk about the film in a minute, I just wanted to yeah. say, um. That, and i know you know i uh, had i had cancer last year um peter i just wanted to ask yeah. you if you were de- w- were you delighted when you heard i had cancer i was so
1: so pleased i was like quiet. <laughs> i was quietly i wasn't delighted i was quietly yeah. pleased but um no i'm sorry yeah. you had cancer <laughs>
0: no sorry it's gone it's gone away now and as i understand it that's it that you'll be fine once you once it's once you've had it it's gone that's it. I, I, I You're immortal, is my understanding. Mm. So I, it should be fine. Well, well, um, you know, congratulations
1: good. on your continuing. Thank you. Being I don't alive. want to. I yes. don't want to
0: disappoint. You know, it makes you really think about life and what's important. And mm. then, and for a bit, and then you just go back to being the same and wasting all your time again. <laughs> Once they tell you yeah. you're all right, you go. Oh, I won't yes. bother dieting so much anymore than if I'm. All have right. you
1: seen the, um, the, the the Have you seen the Ecstasy of Wilco Johnson? No, you did mention this to
0: me yes. when, when, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I was just it's reading, amazing reading for that, for yeah. that,
1: that, that, that front of just like him finding out. Well, actually, I don't want to spoil it, but like he, yeah, he goes, he gets very, very excited. <laughs> he that <laughs> he's got a seemingly terminal disease, but when you see yeah. it, it's beautiful, beautiful. Really <laughs> I
0: will. I mm. definitely will. I definitely will mm. I'm yeah. just. I'm writing. I'm writing my own book about the situation. I was doing quite well today for a, for a while. so. I've got. To, I'm supposed to finish by the end of the month, people. but I don't think I'm going to do mm. that. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about the film that you well your your latest uh, uh, animation because you've done uh, ones before, but uh, Ron's gone wrong. Mm. Uh, it's about uh, robots malfunctioning. Now, mm-hmm. the, I just want to say, I think you've gone, steered it wrong. I was very okay. disappointed that nobody in this film attempted to have sex with any of the robots at all. I right. mean, they're not that, A, they weren't that sexy, the robots, right. but okay. nobody. But B, I thought, oh, Ron's gone wrong. It's a robot that's gone wrong. Right. There's going to be some, probably get bummed, someone's going to bum the Ron or something.
1: When but you say like, like... I, you, I went in the wrong direction, it feels like I went in the wrong direction for you specifically. <laughs> you yes. can't write a film <laughs> you about a robot. <laughs> person. You are the first person who's, who's, who's given, you know, is it that just I, I'm going to have to give it three stars out of five because I, whilst
0: I enjoyed the set pieces and the robot <laughs> comedy, I think it failed on a robot sex level. I just don't think it's realistic that no, in the whole of that film, nobody would try and have sex with one of the robots. But, but again, they are an egg-shaped
1: robot with. I don't think there's any kind of access area. There's like this, this, this a charging port somewhere, but I don't think that would be, you know. Well, you um, know, that's
0: you designed the robots. You could have put a yes, vagina well, in there. You could have put yeah. an anus and a vagina in them. I, I didn't.
1: I had no part in their design. But I mean, <laughs> okay, they're very smooth. I mean, you. Could, I don't know. Like you, yeah. But again, yeah. this assumes that robots are primarily, or you just what you feeling that they that you, you feel that robots are largely there for as like well, sex, I they, sex they, dolls. That,
0: not just that, but that was definitely part of it. And like also, they're all teenagers <laughs> as well. They're absolutely, absolutely they'd be trying to trying to fuck them. So I don't know why you didn't put yeah. that in the film.
1: Okay, all that's right. right then. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm, I'm really going to sure. say. All right, I'm fairly confident <laughs> on. I do think I know why we didn't put them in the film. It's that it would be insane and, and <laughs> if it had occurred the, the conversation with Disney would have been the notes back from Disney so we're very happy with the film however the scene the scene in the midpoint where you know Barney you know who can't get a girlfriend decides to <laughs> develop a sexual relationship with Ron it's like we feel that we can um, <laughs> we
0: it just could turn a bit dark. It could be quite dark. You could have just a dark bit in the middle. Just a yeah. just a bit of light light and shade, Pete. That's all I'm yeah. saying to you. It's it's very funny. It's very charming. Okay. It's a lovely yeah. story about friendship and you know, how we can get mm. lost in our devices and how maybe yes. I guess. But you wanted him to get a little you <laughs> wanted him to be more
1: lost in his device. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but apart from that that's uh, do you think okay. it would be do you think it's cheating to have asked you about frankenstein before mm-hmm. but i'd never asked. do you think it's is it cheating in your relationship if you would have sex with the robot Pete? if you're, you're happily married now but if you if you <clears> had sex with the or your wife had sex with a robot would you feel that was being unfaithful or do you think that's you
1: think i th- that's i think that would be fine yeah, and that in no way is implying that I have had sex with a robot. <laughs>
0: okay, sure. Right. I mean, you had to when you were researching the film. You surely had to look into every aspect of what robots can do. Just yeah. so I you tried were, to convince yeah. them. Yes, yeah.
1: I, I, I tried to convince Disney that as researchers, the film, I have to fly to Japan for three months to one of those factories that make those. You know those companies that make those incredibly <laughs> realistic, yeah. but still terrifying. <laughs> women humanoid kind of things yes
0: but they said no um no okay um okay. no well, look I... it's it, you know you maybe you're right maybe uh, thinking about you made the right choice but you know I.
1: Think, <laughs> I <laughs> again, I'm <sorry. laughs> that implies it was a choice though <laughs> that there was a that i that we sat there and we said, <laughs> that we said no and then we took the <laughs> robot, robot, sex scene, card down from the wall and Sadly, put it in the bin because you know, we didn't. Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, thank you that you feel we made the right choice. Good. Well, to
0: you, not know, have not, so, you know, I, it's, it's, I'm a viewer. I've, I've never written a film, yeah. and uh, you know, mm. but I'm, I've watched a lot of films, so I feel mm. I am an expert on it. Okay. Then.
1: And uh, oh, are you connecting it to the movie? What's the ah? Um, oh, what's it called? The um, one with Oscar Isaac. With the dancing, when they they dance with the, they, there's a sexy dance he does with a robot.
0: That one. Uh, I'm not the, yeah. I'm not. I just am obsessed with it. It's just a running joke. Okay, robots. Well. Okay. <laughs> um, so I just did that for the. It's it's really you got an amazing cast, and is that um What well did that's that something that because it's a Brit, it's a British made film, right? Mm. This is a British film. With yeah. Sarah Smith, who used to mm. produce uh, *Line on Imrod's World* and *The Harpoon* mm. and *The Oliver*. Radio shows in the 1990s. She set up mm-hmm. a company with other people, and you and her wrote this film. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it's a British film, but mm-hmm. you've got quite a lot of you've got quite a lot of a, a mixture of American and British stars in it, or well, mainly yeah, American, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, it was. But, uh, it was like,
1: yeah, I think it was like co-financed, and it was like made. It was distributed by Disney, but yeah, but it had like Olivia Coleman and uh, Rob Delaney and lots of brilliant people in
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and when Zach Yeah, when you're writing, are you are you are you at the point where you think I, I'm expecting to get those people to be in it, or is it still all no. a nice surprise no. when they say yes?
1: No, you, you I mean, but if you would, I mean, still, I don't know why, why I, I haven't developed any confidence. I wish I could, but that, um, <laughs> but that, uh, uh, and then I wouldn't have to use my pot noodle catchphrase. To, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, uh, No, see, whenever like this, before you cast anyone, if you say, right, like, if somebody says, well, what about Zach Galifianakis for the robot part? Like, you, I always feel, like, really embarrassed and, like, (laughs) what planet am I on that you would think that though one of those people would be in your movie? You know, it just always feels, like, embarrassing, like somebody's filming this secretly and then they're going to just, that the whole movie has been, the commissioning of the movie has been a (laughs) cruel prank. You know, maybe it's maybe it was.
0: You know, <laughs> could be. It's, they've taken yeah. a long way mm. to do that.
1: No, it's really exciting. Uh, like when William Olivia Coleman agreed. Like what? It's amazing. You know.
0: Yeah, but yeah she's yeah. so busy as well. I suppose it's mm. as an actor, I guess it, uh, animation is sort of a slightly easier job. I mm. guess is, in, in time-wise, at least, so it's easier to fit yeah. it in. But yeah, it's how long, yeah. how long, how many days does Olivia Coleman work on the film that you've worked five years oh on? Oh my God.
1: I don't know. Like, yeah, 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 Olivia Coleman, if you're listening, i worked a lot more hours than you to... <laughs> She
0: just waltzes in, does yes. your funny jokes, waltzes Would it out. be counterproductive to
1: me to attack her publicly on your <laughs> podcast for not doing, not doing as much work as could I did? She'd yes. done some of the drawings. She could have yes. drawn a robot, couldn't yeah. she? So she could have had the I decency imagined, like... to come to a couple of sessions. But no, um, I don't know, not, not, I mean, they'd probably do maximum, probably about a few weeks. I mean, but they're yeah. really, you know, they're really brilliant. Very nice, you know. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, cool. our first session with Zach Galipanakis, he, um, it was on Zoom because it was in the middle of the pandemic and he, um, he had to fly somewhere and he had terrible food poisoning. Right. And it was the first time I'd ever heard, that, you know, met or spoke to him and we were like on one Zoom and he was on another Zoom somewhere. And he was quite grumpy. And even though he had terrible food poisoning, I remember thinking, he's quite grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never meet your heroes. And then the next session, he was really nice. And I thought, oh, God, I, was, I felt bad, you know. No, well, that's he was what really this, nice.
0: That's how when get it. When there's, you see those things on uh, Twitter every now and again, when someone will go, you know, ha, who was named the people who were nice and nasty when you met them in real life, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there'll be lists of people. And I've yeah. seen myself, one of them came up when I was both mentioned as being someone who was really oh, nice in real life and somebody who was terrible in real life. But I was searching my own name, so I couldn't really say anything about it. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> But like one, one of them said, I used to work in Selfridges and somewhere in Notting Hill, and Richard Herring came in and was... Aw-, but he wouldn't... And I was so... Because te- I'd never behaved badly in Selfridges. I was just really trying yes. to think. <laughs> and cool. I was really tempted to to mm. you know hey you could just be in a bad mood that, you know like you're in yeah. a shop and you might do and you might just be mm. in the bad mood or it might just be that you went hey and I just went mm. uh, or didn't hear or something <laughs> uh, but mm. I just was re- I was so tempted to tweet him and say what I- <laughs> yeah I don't, mm. li- don't mind I don't mind you don't like me but what did, mm. what did I do that was right <laughs> <laughs> but like if you just like if you're talking about Seeing someone from one, you know, the one moment you meet someone in your life, <laughs> you mm. don't know what's going on in their life, or they might not be ready to talk to you. So like to make that snap judgment about whether someone's a good or a bad person. I had them. a
1: confusing thing a couple of years ago when, when I was back living in Britain doing the, the, the movie, and, uh, and I was with my daughter, Neris, who was, gosh, she's probably like five, and we were just about to get on the tube train. And I don't, when I come back to Britain, I hardly ever get recognized now. It's like, it's hardcore, you know, apart from, yeah. it's a long way from my, my pot noodle glory. <laughs> Rich, when it was I two times a day at, some, <laughs> at times, you know. <laughs> but now, if I'm in UK, on an average, I might get once every six months when I was back there. I remember getting on a tube stage, a tube train, <clears throat> with my five-year-olds. And I was about to get on, and this man ran up, and I was on the train, and this man ran up, the, and he was on the platform, and he said, like, are you Peter I was like, And Neris now tells this story <laughs> all the time. But, like, he ran up and he said, I'm a giant fan. Can I get your autograph? And I was so, like, in the moment of, like, wow, oh, God, I got recognized. And I was quite pleased just because it, it's so rare. But I got a little bit distracted, and I, I now think I could easily have got off the train. and my, I, I, I have nightmares of thinking, what if I got off the train to sign his thing, and the doors had shut, and I'd oh, never God. seen my five-year-old daughter again? <laughs> Because, she wouldn't have. I really, I nearly cry sometimes. I think, fine. You know, do you ever do that? Like this is a random thing. Of like, you know, think about if you accidentally left your child, your tiny child, on a train, and then I then go straight to how would they feel, and then I I start <laughs> actually crying. Then, you know,
0: and well, I, I think, I think a lot about moments where I've nearly done something that would have been life changing for them, right. and haven't done it, and then I think about. There was a, when my son was very little, we had like a harness and I didn't yes. use it that often. And the, that <laughs> thing, so he was sitting in front of, you know, he was sitting in front of me on my chest. Yes. And, uh, and just one time we were getting in the, you know, just loading up the car yes. and I was just, you know, I just wasn't thinking he was there and I was ch- shutting the boots.
1: Oh my God. And usually, yes. I would,
0: and, usually, and it's, it's a hatch, you know, it's like a people carrier. So it's like the big <gasps> flat down boot. Yeah, and and I and I luckily I brought it down. and I realised, and oh. I think it, I, I stopped it before it got anywhere near him. But but yes. I, equally, in that moment, I could have just gone and like oh behead, beheaded him. And I often think about what, oh. would it, what would my life, what would your life be if you you know, you make a just a really stupid, tired. What is the it? Are so all our old mad
1: thoughts? You remember the mad yeah,
0: thoughts,
1: it is, of course. It is, it is like it's, there's, a, thought. there's a special, there's a special subset of mad thoughts <laughs> devoted to your own children, and what if I yeah. did this
0: and that? But, but there's something mm. in your, in your brain where you're just thinking, God, you know. But they, the, I think the ones where you've come close to doing something accidentally that would have absolutely, mm. completely changed your life, and, and uh, you know, and killed your child. Yeah. Uh, is uh you know is uh, sounds uh, like an episode hard. of
1: brain cigar.
0: <laughs> what a horrible thing to think we'll talk about but um uh you at the same time as doing um ron's gone wrong which again highly recommend it's on disney if you've got the disney channel you watch the Disney channel it's also in the cinemas at the moment isn't in the uk at least i don't know if it is worldwide um if mm. it's still in the cinema in america but uh, very it's very very it's very good and you don't Thank have you. to be a char- you don't have to be a child. Um, it annoys me to say it's very good. And also you again, <laughs> nominate, at the same time as writing that you were writing for it, you got another Oscar nomination for your work with uh, Borat. But uh, I, I heard you on another podcast talking about Borat's subsequent movie film, and the man called it Borat's subsequent. He kept really? on calling it but he well, he kept on calling it these days. It's <laughs> the word subsequent, subsequent. not in the subsequent <laughs> He was really pronouncing "subsequent" in a real. I think it was oh "subsequent" or sub-se- I'm "subsequent." I'm glad I didn't notice that. I would have been really <laughs> distracted. Do people in America say "sub" have the
1: word "subsequent"? Yes, I did. This. I just don't. God, I want to find that out. Is there is there any way to research that? Like, go online and go because you <laughs> go online and go. Who was the man who <laughs> I said "subsequent"? Yeah,
0: because you
1: can basically <laughs> find out anything on the internet now, can't you?
0: Yeah yeah you can but it's hard mm. to do that because that's a yeah. pronunciation thing it's very specific um, yeah uh but you were doing that at the same time did you ever accidentally write a thing for borat and put it in ron's gone wrong by yeah Nick? i
1: know well the thing was rich i was writing a movie you know i was writing one movie about a deeply offensive anti-semitic you know sexually <laughs> predatory <laughs> character <laughs> And the other one, of course, was Ron's gone wrong. You see, do you see how I upended your
0: expectations? I did, the... you did upend my expectations. That is my favourite
1: I... structure of joke, by the way. I mean, I. Like... I don't feel above that structure of joke at all. Do you? The old... I do. And the other I mean, one, well... You really... I like,
0: I like to... But you're I a like proper to stand-up. To...
1: You're a proper comedian, though, so you probably go Well, I read, I, re-
0: I, I read an old uh, column of yours today which is a bit like this about um, that you wrote in The Guardian in 1996. This is how oh deeply God. I research. About yeah. the you start Monday joke, which oh, is yeah. really good about if you're <laughs> terrible, you can't <laughs> play music. Is that that trope yeah. in a sitcom, which is that you probably feel yeah. worse about like this in a sitcom, where mm-hmm. and it, you, you point this out that in like in, te- in all those sort of Saved by the Bell shows, mm-hmm. five times, ten oh, yeah. times an episode, someone would go, There's no way I'm going to go <laughs> to and cut, and then it would cut to and it'll right. be there, and, and the audience would laugh. The same and it was the same joke five times. But the You Start Monday was, was one new. It's very funny, my eight-year-old and... Neris,
1: the other day we were watching a movie and she spotted it in a movie. We were watching some movie and she right. said <laughs> and she said, Oh look, I just and she loved she loved discovering. She said, They do a thing where they say, There's no way I'm gonna play that song <laughs> in my underpants. Cut to and then but I thought but I thought she discovered that that trope at the age of eight and I discovered it I mean when I wrote that guardian article I was in my thirties. She's way more advanced as a comedic mind than me. I did think that's my girl and that, you know, she's now she now loves her. she spotted one way ahead. We we're watching Chan Ji, The Legend of the Ten Rings, the other day which right. is quite fun. Have you seen that? It's quite fun. And uh, she <laughs> spotted them doing that in that movie way before the rest of us. And I thought, yeah, you
0: know, I am very <laughs> proud that yes, she it's spotted nice comedy it's... structure. <sighs> mm. yes. um, anyway, but yeah, so... Anyway, yes. Um, so uh, it's it's sort of, I mean, that's the nature of writing an animated film, I guess, that it's it's taking so long that you, mm, you, you have you're doing to do other, other things, things at, the
1: same time. at the same time. We did have, which I have said, I'm sorry if I've, I've said this on other things, but we had a really weird time when... We were, filming, we were filming Borat, and I was away filming that on location or in an Airbnb hiding nearby, right. <laughs> not actually on set. But when he was filming a scene at a right-wing rally where he got up on stage and sang an offensive song about the Wuhan flu, and I was in an Airbnb nearby, but we were doing a voice session uh, with Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Barney, at the same time. And it was really weird. Like I had like my Zoom open, and on I had two screens open at the same time, and it was just nuts. I was like trying to like say, "Oh yeah," and you know, but I didn't ever go say, "Yes, I think he should be more (laughs) anti-Semitic." Can you make can can Jack be more anti-Semitic in his portrayal of Barney, please? And then (laughs) Borat, Borat, can you be more lovable?
0: So really. I was interested in that. So as the as the writer of that, because mm. it's obviously it's so uh, so much of it is spontaneous and dependent on mm. what's happening with the other people, what's yeah. going on in the situation. But I was one. I was wondering if you would, whether you just wrote a load of possibles or whether you were there at the time. So you are. You're sort of there watching it, and are you able to talk to him and well, advise him? Well, we're normally there.
1: We're we're there a lot of the time, but we just couldn't be there because it was the middle of it was at the height of COVID. So yeah. we were like, Oh, it was like, God, what was like, yeah, it was, it was really in the, the thick of it. So he does do like in a situation like that, he'll, he'll do He'll do the scene and then he'll go into a huddle and then he'll get a contact with us and say, have you got any more? Have you got any other thoughts? And should I do that again? And, the usual answer is no. Get the fuck out of there, like you know, because he just really he's like he's it's nuts. Like, but um, but then we do like because there's a full script for the movie. There's a full like yeah. final draft screenplay, um, and then I mean we developed this on the first one where you just like you develop it. Like, because even though it's like there is spontaneity there, you prepare a whole load of like yeah. say this, say this, say this, say this. Say this. But then you say there's the jokes that you say, but there's also the trigger lines. You try and develop lines to get them to respond in a certain way so that he can come back with something else. And sometimes it's not just about the comedy. You're also trying to get a, that annoying part of movie movie, which is about the story. Like every scene needs to have something that propels the story forward. And so yeah. we've had scenes in both movies where they're really funny, but they don't do anything for the story. And weirdly, however hilarious they seem in the moment, when you put them in the middle of a movie and then you show it to an audience and nobody laughs at the scene because it's not got any story used to it. So you try and write yeah, yeah. scenes that will somehow you know. I mean the exact like in the first movie, we had a, a scene where he meets a bunch of frat boys and we, you know, and they, they turn out to be and and they were horrible and they were racists and we got comedy out of that. But also we had to, we had to have Borat learn that Pamela Anderson was not a virgin from that scene. (laughs) And so we had, we had to engineer a thing where he shows them the DVD case and says, I'm going to marry this woman. She's a virgin. And they go, Oh dude, she's not a virgin. And then he had to learn from that scene. So yeah, you, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's loads of writing because you're writing, you're writing not just the lines, but you're writing lots of different contingencies and well, if this happens, then we'll do this. If this happens and, and we've re uh, loads of scenes as well because they didn't, they didn't work. You
0: know. Yeah. So um, where were you when uh, Rudy Giuliani was attempting to masturbate in the hotel room <laughs> or, so, or so it appeared? Were you sort of somewhere in that hotel watching no, it? No, I going, wasn't oh, like- because, again, it was like because it was a
1: COVID time. But also yeah. I, but I was actually in Northern California with my, fa- <laughs> with my family <laughs> in, a ho- in a tiny hotel room. And uh, we were back there recently, and I was watching it at one end of the room on a on a live YouTube feed, where like you could you could create it's, it's very low tech. You basically create like a live YouTube link, and nobody yeah. has the code for it. So, so I was thinking somebody could potentially accidentally stumble on the like, what the <laughs> hell is this going? But I was with this room. I was in the room with with my wife and my two girls, and then I was watching it live. And then it's all going down. And then he starts to lie back on the bed and take down his, you know, and undo his belt. And I called Sarah and said, quick, come <laughs> <laughs> and quick. And Ruby's going, what is it? Nothing, nothing. And then we told them to go on their iPads. And then we just, and I said, oh my God. And then we were back there during Thanksgiving at the same hotel. And I, I was saying to Sarah that there would be, there should be some really obscure, uh, memorial blue plaque on that. Cause we walked <laughs> past the room where we were staying. Yeah, and I said because like a motel ground floor room, and I said there should be a plaque saying Peter Bainham's <laughs> co-writer, like of the thing watched the, <laughs> like it's the most meaningless blue plaque ever. Yeah, so yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah. was that? So you know, a long was way that if he'd got if he if he if he'd started masturbating, basically Sasha kind of came in fairly quickly. Yeah, to rescue because we him couldn't.
1: In. Yeah, because well, I was we were worried about you know just worried about so many scenes in those movies all the time. Yeah, like a about what could go wrong, but also could this be gross and horrible and disgusting and whatever? And yeah, you know Maria, who played his daughter Tuta, was amazing and ballsy and so like just just was there and. Just brilliant. And but she was super brave. But we also had to go cause they were they had to be on their own, you know? Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. thought if it goes weird, it's just it's it crosses over into exploitation and something yeah. just you don't want to actually be involved in actual human trafficking. <laughs> that would be like we don't want to be the Jeffrey Epstein of
0: <laughs> But it's you know, you know, but it's it's treading a line both in taste, which obviously like for everyone saying you can't <coughs> do anything anymore. I mean, that film really pushes boundaries mm. and mm. uh and I know and it's ballsy. It's dangerous for the performers, mm. you know, to an extent. Certainly yeah. when he's he's putting himself in amongst, you know, the kind of people who yeah. you know, from from the news we've seen can just start shooting people they don't like or you know, yeah. or certainly fighting people they don't like. Mm. So there's a sort of there's a real element of danger there.
1: Um mm.
0: and, and it's and it is pushing boundaries of taste. Uh, in an artistic way but if you mm. if you had any if have you, have you had much push but given that everything's cancelled now and you can't say anything anymore due to political correctness <laughs> gone mad it seems you've been nominated it seems you been nominated <laughs> for an Oscar, for for oscars and uh, and, mm. and the film's done pretty well despite all of this <laughs> but uh, did, you, did did does it feel is there anything you know is there is there any is there any feeling that because he's anti-semitic and obviously that's the joke that he's an awful anti-semite yeah. have you had have you had much uh, Blowback from being accused of being anti-Semitic yourself. In or in, I, by, I don't by think feminism. it ever
1: really. I don't think it ever really. What's the word? Rationally, can be accused of being anti-Semitic, given that Sasha's Jewish and has been on the record as <laughs> you know as wanting to expose anti-Semitism. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the other hand, like um, I don't think that those problems have gone away. And Actually, there was we- weirdly that we, we didn't do much anti-Semitism in the second one. much i don't think we did there was a few things in there but because the thing was that in the end is that we'd done one of the my one of my biggest worries wasn't so much that it would cause offense because i think it was i don't know unless people are being wantonly missing the point i think it was generally pretty clear what the satirical targets were in in the whole thing but on the other hand, um, I think I was more worried about, you know, as a comedian, you're always worried about going back to that well twice and just being repetitive. And you know, it's a, just, there's a there's a there's a graveyard of sequels, <laughs> movies that like <laughs> gone back and just been rubbish. You know, you're just scared of like, it being rubbish. Or yeah, things. To, and also, I think it was like there was a worry that would tread... Like obviously, in in that movie, one of the scariest things was what would people make of the the scene where they do the dance, you know, when she does the whole period dance, you know? Right. Yeah, and I remember yeah. like, before we, before we rehearsed that, I was worried, because I was in the room, I'm the really like, canary in the common. I'm the real chicken little, quite often going, <laughs> I don't think we can do this, it's like, it's just 2000, you know, it's 2020 now, and we can't do this thing. <laughs> but what changed my mind on that one, was that we, we uh, went to, a, we, we had a rehearsal, and we were there with Maria, and she was so fucking funny, and did it so. And we realised that the thing, the key to that was because in the the danger is you got a bunch of male writers. I mean, we had female writers on this as well. That was really yeah. important. We can't do a movie about a man, you know, and his daughter, and how his daughter be, you know, discovers feminism, and even Borat becomes. I, it's a terrible word woke, but becomes a bit more woke. But you yeah. can't have a bunch of just men writing that. That would be no. crap. And um, and so there were female writers, and it was a, it was a female writer's idea to do that whole scene in the first place. But I was still worried about it. But then what we realized was that she just owned the scene so much, and the way she danced was so like proud and just like oh, it's their culture. So the joke ends up being on the people who were offended. Yeah. um but yes yeah, so you're always worried about like that movie like can you do this stuff now you know i was also you know i understand i was also worried that like isn't it time that be, and there was there was a little cancel borat campaign at the time from people right. in kazakhstan
0: yes um, yes yeah
1: but weirdly the government of kazakhstan who are now literally right now being you know there's you know this horrific happen things happening yeah. in kazakhstan right now but um the, when the second movie came around. In the interim, they they had a whole um, what's it word uh, advertising campaign saying come to Kazakhstan, do business right. in Kazakhstan, or come here for your holidays. And I think they even used Borat. They in the interim, they you know they because yeah. the first movie they were outraged by it to a, to a, to an extent that helped publicize our movie. But yeah. you, you've got to be aware of that that it is also like it's a, it's another culture, and like we're in a time now where. You know, understanding you got to be careful about any cultures. You know,
0: yeah. You know,
1: like it, it, I mean,
0: no, I think it, I think it does. You know, it, it but it's challenging. I think it's not. It's great because it's challenging and it's you. you know, it, and and that's interesting. Um mm. I, I, I it's sort of, but it's interesting. It's, you know, it's it's good that it's nominated for Oscars. I'm not saying mm. it shouldn't be nominated for Oscars. I saw the film Bad Trip. Have you seen Bad Trip? Which is, I haven't seen uh, which it. Is, is that the uh, Eric Andre? No. Yeah, I yeah. really love it. I really right. really love it. Because it's mm, the same, really... so it's the same sort of idea. But he basically goes out and shows how nice people are by right. by, by doing stupid yeah. things, and then people help him. Mm. And you kind of think, you know, they're they're two very different films, and they're two very yes. different approaches to it. But you know that that a uh, sort of joyously uh, life affirming, funny film mm. without any political intent would right. never get nominated for an Oscar, even right. though it's as even though I'd say it's as. It's as far. I'm not saying it's better than Borat, but I'm just saying it's different than Borat. It's sort of, you know, that it's kind of harder, I don't think, to do as a comedy writer to do gloriously, absolutely, just laugh out loud, funny stuff that Mm. doesn't necessarily mean anything. But that, but that stuff never gets that stuff never gets nominated for like the big Oscar awards, does it? Comedies it's almost seen as. Like this inferior thing, and you know, yeah, like, it beca- and it becomes height. And if it gets close, if it gets close to being serious, then oh, we maybe yes. it can get some awards. Yeah, yeah but I know it, what you but mean. Just you know, Spinal Tap is, yes. is one of the greatest films ever made, and I, I don't think it, you know, it maybe right. won some awards, but I doubt it did because it mm. wasn't really successful for a few years later. But you know, like, yeah. it's sort of weird to. It's weird I that I think. But as a comedian and as a comedy writer, being funny is the hard. Being serious is yeah. kind of easy, right? <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah and the funny <laughs> writing thing a is film like, yeah. about nazis is easier than writing a film about a robot that you don't even have sex with no i get i that, that get, that I, get every, I get annoyed every <laughs> year i get annoyed every year
1: but like did you see the movie did you see the adam sandler movie called uncut diamonds uncut gems no i haven't Which, that's one of the rare ones i haven't seen it was just started. brilliant it was really yeah. brilliant and i think he should have won the oscar for best it was, but i do think there was some subconscious there was something going on that like um I don't know, some people just probably thought, well, he's Adam Sandler. He does all those, yeah. all those Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. And I think there was something that he just, he just didn't get there for that. I saw a movie last night with my family called Coda. Um, have you heard of this movie? It's, just, it's about no. this really beautiful little movie. about um, It's a British actress, actually. But it's about, she's, it's, Coda stands for children of deaf adults. And she's, uh, she's just a, a, a girl who's got, like, uh, her, her parents are deaf. But it seems like one of those movies that you would just see like on, you know, just a little movie about a sweet moment. She wants to sing and like, and it feels, but it's so beautifully brilliant and done. And I think it deserves an Oscar nomination, but I don't think it'll get nominated for anything because it's like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll, I'll champion it, but it's just really, really nicely made movie, you know? But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, well, it has to have some other, it has to tick another box, doesn't it? So a, a pure comedy struggles. Yeah. You're right, you know, and you know, like,
0: and there's there's a big scene in uh, in Bad Trip where he's being yeah. fucked by a monkey, <laughs> like a man in a monkey gorilla costume in a cage, and that's the kind of thing that will never get nominated for an Oscar. But it's, right. it's 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 much funnier than it sounds. But also, it's the it's so lovely because it's basically all these people are trying to help him, and you know, and a shot, yeah. awful things happen to him, and and may, mainly people just try and help him, and it's kind of nice yeah. to see that's. To see, especially <laughs> right now, it's sort of nice to see that side. Of, as if you know, but your film potentially, uh, you know, alter, possibly altered the presidential race, or at least maybe influenced the the presidential race. So, which bad, bad trip almost certainly didn't, unless people really <laughs> took against the being fucked, by, being raped by a monkey.
1: By the way, I was like, I did a Guardian, <laughs> I did a Guardian article last year publicising Brain Cigar, and I was asked like do you think it altered the race? And I said something like, we did our bit. Yeah. And i forgetting, of, and I just said, we did our bit, but I didn't really think it did, you know. <laughs> and then, and I was really pleased with the article, except the headline in the Guardian
0: was, we did our bit to change the race. It was like, <laughs> you know. But, but no, potentially, I mean, it was, it was one of the things that, you know, like, because also... That's mm. there, you know, it's there on film. And you can argue about what he was actually doing and he can argue about what he's actually doing, but it's yeah. it's still so dodgy, isn't it? And, and he is yeah. so dodgy. I mean, yeah. they're also dodgy. So it's like, it, you know, it's it was an incredible thing. Now, yeah. I think we did talk, there's a few big turning points in your career. I don't want to take keep you for too much longer, but I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about this because, and we talked about one of them last time, which yeah. was that Sasha rang <laughs> you up and said, I'm I'm mm. looking for someone to write on this film. And you said, oh, "I've I've got my... I'm doing my own sitcom at the moment, so yes. I'm not interested. And mm. Jez, again, your friend Jez mm. was the guy who said, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you Do you ever think about how your life would have gone had you not <laughs> run of <laughs> Baron <laughs> going back? Because there's a film in that. There's a it's it's mm. the new sliding door <laughs> Peter, Peter Bain. Peter because that, you know, I'm, I think you'd have mm. gone on and had a terrific career of some kind, but that mm. is such a pivotal moment, right, in your life. In your, yeah, in your I only life. think about that every day, only every day. <laughs> literally, uh, you'd made a decision, and yeah. it's only because you met up with someone who said, mm. what are you doing the next night, that you went back on that decision. Yes, I, um, I had that that bit in movies, that cheesy bit in movies, when <laughs> the hero
1: sits up in bed, so very suddenly, you know, goes out. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah but there's um, a few of those with there's a few of those kind of things in your in your career as well because uh, you you the reason which I don't I just saw this day and I don't think I've you've told me this before mm. but the reason you sort of got into the day to day partly mm. having again turned, armando having rung you up and asked you to come back and work on weekending uh-huh. and you go no I'm doing a sitcom and, yes. and not going back to work on mm-hmm. weekending um that mm. you then missed out on maybe being Part of on the hour and everything as a result because he sort of yeah. got us from from weekending and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but then you came back in <laughs> on a Sunday to the BBC like Entertainment Fund to steal some photocopy paper. <laughs> yes, yeah. and that's when you that's when you met Armando properly, yeah.
1: right? Or making up to... offensive um,
0: <laughs> lyrics to
1: to, to sing into Frank Sinatra songs. Frank Sinatra yeah. making up songs about necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> In a Frank Sinatra style, and in in the in the, the photocopy room of the Radio right. Light Entertainment Department, yeah. And then the funny thing was, he didn't ring me up for a very long time after that. And um, and weirdly, I mean, in between, I mean, that that did lead to that eventually. But in the interim, I had that weird thing where I don't know where basically I I, I had that encounter with him. And then after that, my Merchant Navy sitcom, which I got to say, Armando has said, gone on a record to say, and I did, I made two separate pilots of it, the Men of the Charlie, my Merchant Navy sitcom, starring Brian Blessed and oh. John. Have we talked about this before? And John Pertwee. I
0: don't know. I sort of vaguely John, remember it from the time. John of it, Pertwee, Pertwee we're is a that. mentally
1: ill man who lived in the engine room. Right. Um, uh, and then John Pert. And then we did, we recorded it again. Who talked to his spanners. And then, and we just say yes, that's my darling, my Duchess, my love, my darling. And then we recorded the pilot again. And then John Pertwee wasn't available. I don't think he died, but he was like very, very old. <laughs> and yeah. then I think he was replaced with Chris Lynham, the comedian who used to put a, a banger up his ass. Do you remember him? Just
0: ju- yeah, he's just been a guest on. The- I've just been talking. Oh my god! To him, uh, he's actually the the last week's episode, as we uh, the one that's oh just god. gone out. That we, we Did he years, talk yeah. about that? I I'm, I'm <laughs> mean, he didn't mention that. I gonna
1: mention that, um, <laughs> but he, um, but he, he, and then I, I yeah, very, very weird. And Anita Dobson playing Brian Blessed's wife in both in both failed pilots. But Armando right. has said, basically in his very Armando nice way, that it was one of the worst things he's ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, or he didn't say it was terrible. He just said I didn't understand it. It was so, but not in a good way. You know, when yeah. somebody says it was really weird, but it's a good. <laughs> it was really weird in a bad way, but anyway. So I, I, um, I went off to. That's why I said no to him to 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 come yeah, back to, to do, do weekending, and I went off and did this. And I, and then I, um, and I remember one time being. after it was after the second pilot, and do you remember all those strange old men who used to be the executives? Or yes. uh, the you know those kind of all confused men who'd all go to the pub round the Yorkshire Grey, and this old posh man came up to me, not Jonathan James Moore, who I think God rest I think he passed away, didn't he? But uh, um, he did he passed away, yeah. but, but but one of those other men, I can't remember his name, came yeah, up to me remember. after they'd had their meeting and listened to my my men of my Merchant Navy sitcom pilot's and said, there's, this, is a, this is a cut, too. This is a You Start Monday. <laughs> because he literally came up to me in the car and said, just heard your pilots. Well, there's no way that's not getting a series. <laughs> and, he's, and Peter Bainham's like, the cut, too, was like, <laughs> it's not getting a series. Like, and... And he, you don't start Monday. You don't start Monday. <laughs> you stop Monday. and then, and, But in the meantime, I'd run up um, a lot of debt, and I'd done things like the harpoon with, with Sarah Smith and Julian Dutton, and I'd done this, and I'd, I'd quit weekending, and I had like about £5,000 in debt, which was a lot of money in those days. Yeah, it was. Rich, I'll have you know. And still a lot of money. Still a lot of money. And I, and I was very poor, and I, and I had a job. And I went to a, a and I was in living in Ealing, and I went to a um, uh, a job agency, and I was due to start in a call centre. And, and they uh, and then they said this was this the you start Monday. They said <laughs> I was due. I'm not making this up. I was due to start working in <laughs> a call centre on Monday. <laughs> and then I got a call from. Um, the producer of a show called <laughs> Friday night with wogan which was terry wogan's oh, yes. weekly non-live repast to um i think to the jonathan rosses of the world and he he stopped doing his three times a week live show and it was a recording okay. it was an edgier version of the of of you know um and uh, and then they, and then they rang up and said do you want to come and write terry wogan's uh, j- j- uh you know uh, little uh, irish puns with three other the writers. Yeah. And I said, yes. I said, I will start Monday. <laughs> and I remember ringing up the agency and then being, really being angry at me.
0: <laughs> <It's>...
1: <laughs> they said, this is not good enough. We can't, okay, fine, I'll, you know. And then I did that for six months and then I got the call. Yeah. To go and work on but no, no, but it's
0: sort of interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's it's how the work, life is, and I think when you, yeah. when you're looking back at life, we've all got this stuff like this. But they, mm. these moments that and yeah. Chris Morris, Chris Morris, sort of when when you were suggested as a writer for the day to day, Chris Morris was sort, of mm. sort of saying, "I don't, think we need any more writers," and ne- yeah. you know, nearly. In, in, he, who you would then go and work on it with as well, you know. So if yeah, if, if he yeah. if he'd had that, if he'd gone, yeah, we don't need this guy, then would I we'd hate work yeah, those with things Chris. really
1: upset me because I <laughs> you know, with those things like it, it um, yeah, there's been there's been loads of others like where I I I used to be crippled by that because I used to think if I don't do this thing because I look back and I go, so many things are like chance encounters. Have you ever had that? And then if you think too much about it, then you're really frightened to walk out the door.
0: (laughs) Well, you sort of just realise that every, you know, you only have to change one thing. Yeah, You know, anyway, even, you know, that your children wouldn't, you know, you change one thing anywhere. Oh, God, yeah, that's really upsetting. Your yeah, children, yeah. you've got different children, maybe with someone else. And, like, it's it's so stupid because you would love whatever those children were yeah. <laughs> just as much. But you're sort of thinking, yeah, but I wouldn't have these extra mm. special kids that I've got. It
1: wouldn't be as special. Well, I'm so so... Know, every, every little change, yeah. Well, I'm so rubbish. You know, I was so rubbish with relationships and the ch- as we have talked about the chatting up of it all or the yeah. meeting people and i was so so terrible at it that i think that the one that involves me coming out you know to sasha saying and me then going to jez and sa- in the pub <laughs> i think in the bedford and saying to jez uh i've said no uh and because uh, i'm going to do this thing and him saying are you crazy and then me going oh shit i am um, and then me ringing up and leaving a med- or like speaking to Sasha the following day, that that lead, like you say, that leads to me coming here, and then that leads to me meeting Sarah, my my wife. And if I'd stayed, it's not just like I think I would have carried on working, you yeah. know, probably. But I wasn't in; the, I had no work at the time, so maybe I wouldn't have. But yeah, and and I don't think I would have. I don't know. It, it, it's 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 fr- It's a really upsetting. <laughs>
0: think about it but it's sort of it's so but also there's so much of you in like as in terms of unsung hero of comedy the last 30 years so many things that people would recognize as almost Mm. the main thing you know the main thing of uh alan partridge the first thing people would say from the series uh, i'm alan partridge would be monkey tennis Mm. which is you right and uh the you know there's so many things the 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 uh the the running of the Jews with in, mm-hmm. from Bora as you, you know, there's so many things that people would pick out and 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 you you know you've worked with and, and they all talk very lovingly of you. Correctly, mm-hmm. uh, you've worked with uh, Steve Coogan, you've worked with Chris Morris, you've worked with Sasha, and you mm-hmm. you know your your comedy and they and have improved all those all those people uh, mm-hmm. and and you know and had such an influence. I, I'm sure it something would have happened unless you you know maybe you would just say I've had enough. I, I give up. I mean, we've seen writers do that. We know writers who, who might mm. have stuck it out, who didn't stick it out. So I suppose mm. it's possible. But but I can't really think of anyone who's had as much influence as you have Aww. throughout all comedy. What do don't you think? Because you're because you've been sort of at the centre of four or five like major <laughs> major things. Um, Aww, so you know, that's it's nice. Thank you, uh, and and not, and not and at the centre of it because you've you've created the thing that people um you know love about those characters as well. So it's not surprising. I think you would have somewhat if if you'd said no to Sasha, he might have come back to you another time. You know, he might have even been like, "Oh, this mm. guy said no to me. I've got to mm. I've got to really up my game to get him, to get him to come in next time." So something would have happened. I think certainly by that stage. But it's interesting. I don't know Personally, that, but I'm, he does
1: ask. You know, I now know that like when I went in there, that he'd um. There was a bit of <laughs> because there was a there was a kind of a line of bodies out the door of other people <laughs> he tried you know right so it yeah, wasn't yeah. like and I that's the thing as well I also like I'm also relieved well do you that like, I'm relieved with the things that have gone right and the right choices I made, but I'm also very glad on several occasions of my life to have not known the full truth of what was going on <laughs> yeah because that might have really frightened me <laughs> 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 the weird thing well, is when I got you know, here, I, when I here, when I I got here for that particular thing, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to Hollywood. I'm going to L.A. and all this stuff. And I got here, and he'd broken his foot, and the director had quit. I wasn't told any of these things. The director was gone, and he was in some really shitty office uh, somewhere, and it was sharing it with some guy who let his dog run around shitting on the floor everywhere. And it didn't seem like any of it was going to last very long. <laughs> And it was like a real, in the short term, a real come down. And we spent two weeks. And he said we, and they tried to basically go out with the, they basically tried to go around, the, the original iteration of Borat, the first Borat movie was the director um, uh, had had wanted them, and they tried this. He, the director said, no script. We're just going to go around America. And I'll be the, um, uh, I'll interview you. as, And I'll be on screen. Um, and this is Todd Phillips who then went on to make the Joker and loads of other huge, huge movies and the hangover yeah. and stuff. But he, that, that was the, the way they were going to do it and it hadn't worked and they'd gone their separate ways. Um, uh, but then, so it was like, we had to sit down and write a story. We decided to try and write a storyline. We spent two weeks, uh, in a room, writing a storyline. And I think I had two weeks on the clock of like, this is how long you're going to be in America. It was my contract. And then we got to the end of that two weeks and we gave the scripting and another You Start Monday. We gave it in on the Friday. <laughs> and then he went to see the studio on Fox on the Monday and he came back and he said, they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I thought, and I remember thinking, yeah, sir, that's all like, you know, it's just every day is the same. Like every day is like, don't you find just every day is like none of these things are set in stone ever, you know? Yeah, yeah Look at all. Like I'm feeling right now like a little bit like shit, am I done? <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, you know? well, you know, but you do, but you go through those things. I guess what's interesting about all that as well, though, is uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, I was thinking of it, where would Peter Bainham be if he hadn't if he hadn't gone to that photocopy room or hadn't taken that call? But yes. what's interesting is where would Alan Partridge be, and where would the day to day be, and where would Chris Morris be, and where would Sacha Baron Cohen mm. Because in that instance, if you hadn't gone and worked with Sacha, maybe Borat. I mean, again, I don't think Sacha would have mm. disappeared from the scene completely, but right. you never know. But but Borat mm. might not have been, you know, Borat might not have happened, and and right. and everything that came from that. So actually, you know, we should be saying, what if it's them that's been all those people who have been lucky enough to work I mean, with you. I mean, you're saying get... the world basically falls apart if Peter Bain Well, existed. apart from Fist of Fun, which, you know, <laughs> yes. you didn't make any fucking difference to, and it didn't help either way. <laughs> yeah, you would have survived. <laughs> Did you have another <laughs> sleeping we'd, we'd, man we'd lined be, up? We'd be the only comedy show in the world if we hadn't put you in Fist of Fun and you <laughs> destroyed it. I think you made right. no difference to Fist of Fun uh, in the in terms of success. <laughs> but <laughs> in everything, everything else... <laughs> Yeah, In everything well, else, maybe maybe Peter Bainham, maybe they should be thanking their lucky stars that you were stealing photocopy of paper. Do you know the Pot Noodle, go, of, the, of the famous Pot Noodle campaign,
1: yeah. they, um, when, they, when we did that, uh, they, they, they wanted to make people think Pot Noodles were... i told you this before. They, told, they wanted to make Pot noodles seem healthy and yeah, good for I you. Yeah, I definitely know this. Yeah, whole, yeah. And it was a really ca- complicated campaign where they... And then two years in to the campaign... Um, they did research and they came back and they did the research, came back as like, um, pot noodles are really bad for you. That's the message. we failed, completely failed in the message. And from there, they leaned into the, this is just crappy food for students and men in bedsits. And they right. went, that's the, they, they gave up trying to make them say, so I feel like I did have my effect on pot noodles. <laughs> well. I help pot noodle
0: be honest. Pot noodles still going because it would have finished without you. So, and they are—you can still get pot noodles. And a snack like that does that does not necessarily last through the ages. So, yeah, I
1: think it's all down. I think think pot pot noodles like Marmite. It would have been like there's no point in advertising Marmite or pot noodles. They're just a constant. They, you know,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: There's people (laughs) buy them anyway.
0: you're like a Merlin figure that you just come in and you weave, your, and you may be, this may go back beyond the 1990s, back through mm. the medieval times. You may be a, an, an immortal being who just comes in and, and helps people become successful. Yes. And I'm, I'm frankly annoyed that I worked with you and you did not weave your magic on me. <laughs> make me well, let's do another one. So let's, thanks let's, for that. let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do you know. Fist of Fun again. Yeah. We'll try it again. We'll try it again now, mm. knowing what we know. Let's do a movie of Fist of Fun. Yes. That's, yes. that's what we need.
1: I see no barriers to that. I see there's no complications in anyone's relationships with each other.
0: Or... <laughs> just, have sc- just have to green screen. Mm. Is there not, can we not do a get back?
1: Is there not footage we can do a get back? <laughs> you know, the Beatles, the brilliant Beatles thing. Do you think Peter yeah. Jackson would um, be prepared <laughs> to spend millions
0: and mil- hundreds of millions of dollars getting the footage
1: from our rehearsal <laughs> sessions?
0: They might be, you know, but there was all the, studios that, all the studios that went on for so long. So there is loads of footage of yeah. mainly me, Adelaide, Stu sitting there looking sullen and me yeah. doing my best to keep the audience going. And we, I think we mm. must have had a warm-up, man, but I just, I basically, and I wasn't doing stand-up at that time. Yeah, and I th- and I think I just sort of took over this role of trying to keep the audience entertained, and we did right. so. We had- they were so long those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would like that because I'm Deb very much the Paul McCartney, very much the nice. Paul McCartney of fist of yeah. fun. Yeah. So yeah. people would yeah. look at it and go, "How oh, is Richard Richard Herring was doing all that stuff? I was um,
1: Stuart was the jo- the go. That was the John Lennon.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and then I was the Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, want to but, be the George
0: Kev, Harrison. But, um, Kevin Eldon's probably George Harrison. Yeah. Uh Sally Phillips is Yoko Ono. Yeah. It all works out. Yeah.
1: And um, now we've run um, out of but, Beatles. But um
0: <laughs> Alistair McGowan is Alistair McGowan. Who did oh Kev did the we did a sketch with the thirteenth Beatle or somebody or the eighth, the ninth Beatle or something <laughs> where he was he'd worked out he was the ninth most important. Mm. Anyway, let's not okay. let's, that's let's not talk about that. Look, we've gone on for way too long, and I know you've got lots to do. So um I've come to the conclusion that you are a Merlin, making every, nearly everything good. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, look, ev- well, look everyone you. should watch Everyone should watch all of the stuff you've done. Uh, but uh, do uh, Brain Cigar. If you've only got time for one thing Aww. in your life, Brain Cigar should be that thing that you put in your life. If you've got time, time, time for two things, also watch Runs Gone Wrong. And if you haven't got time to watch a film, then, you know and That's... listen to six ep- six episodes of a podcast. Now, I'm not interested in you being in my... Listen to this. Listen to my podcast first. Are you uh, firing it's... anyone
1: from your listenership? <laughs> I'm going
0: to fire. You, you have sp- a shred, shred of work. decency. <laughs> mm. um, look, it's, is there any... Do you, do, you not, do you not know what's coming up next, really? Or have you, are you going to do more animations? Are you um, going to do more... No, I'm writing a live-action film, which I'm waiting
1: to hear. Right now, whether it'll get made into something, um, yeah, set at a wedding, but not a romantic okay. comedy, okay. an old esque comedy set at a wedding, um, good. and then other other things, yeah. But good, know. I'm gonna be well, it's all... mysterious,
0: good, you should be mysterious. Um, you know, you, you've done all right, Pete, you've done all right for a boy, thank from, you, Rich, from, from Wales, <laughs> you've, <come laughs> you've worked your way up. And, Mm. you know, but also it is true that you, uh, you know, that it is, it is, well, you know, but you've, you were in the Merchant Navy. I know it was a mistake, (laughs) but you were in the Merchant Navy, you know, Mm. you could have gone a very different way in your life. I was always like wanted to do comedy Mm. and, you know, and, and had, I mean, I'm more, I guess that. I didn't have much more of a, a leg up. I was a headmaster's son, but I was, <laughs> you know, it was it was at least a possibility. Whereas I think you know you're a working class lad who's found your way to Hollywood. It's the, well, it's I wasn't the, working the, class.
1: My my well, there's a long story behind my dad and
0: <laughs> But you work, you work, you working class. If you work in the Merchant Navy, you're working. You, that makes you working class because that's all. The, the hmm. Merchant Navy is a is a working class job. So, yeah. Um, in any case, it's possible. With a bit of luck, steal some photocopy paper. And mm. Have a mate who tells you when you're being a dick in the pub and mm. tells you to ring ring back Borat. Um, okay. But it's possible. So he's very inspiring. Get, keep going, Peter. It's always love to talk to Thank you. you. Le- ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Peter Bainham, Bye. king of comedy. He's the king of comedy. <laughs> you... You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Rich Terring, and my guest, Peter Bainham. The music is, of course, by Scant Regard. I'm indebted to my friend Chris Evans, not that one, uh, who set up all of the necessary stuff to make this remote podcast work. I'm also indebted to Ben Walker, even though he didn't have much to do with this particular episode, but uh, certainly helped us out by editing all the ads and all that stuff. So, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. What I would say. Thank you very much to Peter for joining us. Uh, thank you to uh Ian Zoom for allowing this to happen and Ian Zencaster. They're very good guys. Um, do become a monthly badger, gofastastrike.com slash badges. This is a sky potato fuzz on gofastastrike.com production. Come and see us live. It's gonna be fun. Richard Herring.com slash gigs for more details. I love you all. Richard Herring out.